0: Does the world feel a little weird to you? Always. Does it feel like the people in charge are a little, I don't know, alien?
1: It's like you're reading my mind.
0: Careful, Faith. They might be reading your mind. If you answered yes to the questions I just posed, have we got a movie for you? Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my paranoid co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, aliens have taken over a high school in Ohio.
1: Those poor people. If they're not dealing with Freddy Krueger, they're dealing with aliens. Or that bad joke.
0: What's round on both sides and high in the middle? That's the one. Those poor people.
1: Speaking of people, we'd like to welcome everyone to our little program. Be you a spook, specter, or an alien that's part of a hive mind collective hellbent on assimilating the entire human race. Welcome to the Late Night Fright.
0: Tonight, we go back to 1998, the year there was something about Mary, the year Sean Mullins had a hit with Rockabye, and the year the film we're discussing tonight was released. What are we talking about tonight, Faith?
1: From director Robert Rodriguez and screenwriter Kevin Williamson, we have the 1998 sci-fi mystery horror film The Faculty, a movie that features a Terminator, a Bond girl, and the bodaciousness that is Selma Hayek.
0: Things are weird at Harrington High. and It's up to a group of high school misfits reminiscent of The Breakfast Club to get to the bottom of the strange shenanigans. Released on Christmas Day, 1998, The Faculty was directed by Robert Rodriguez, the auteur responsible for El Mariachi, Desperado, and From Dusk Till Dawn. The story is by David Wechter and Bruce Kimmel, With Kevin Williamson receiving screenplay credit after being brought in by Dimension Studios to significantly rework the dialogue and make the film more quote-unquote hip after the mega success of Scream. Williamson was set to make his directorial debut with the faculty but opted instead to make the Katie Holmes Helen Mirren film Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Inspired by classic 1950s alien invasion films and monster movies such as Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Invaders from Mars, The Blob, and The Thing from Another World, as well as the works of John Carpenter and John Hughes, the faculty cast includes Jordana Brewster, Clea Duvall, Laura Harris, Josh Hartnett, Sean Haddesey, and Elijah Wood as our Brat Packers trying to save the world, and Robert Patrick, Salma Hayek, B.B. Newworth, Piper Laurie, Jon Stewart, and Famke Jansen as the Harrington High faculty who are not what they appear to be.
1: And Usher Raymond makes an appearance as one of the high school students.
0: Yeah? Yeah. 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 Tonight, we will be judging the film in the category of overall film, and in lieu of stars, we will be awarding it Space Invaders We're going to take a short break, so pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the moon. You are listening to The Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. John Carpenter's The Breakfast Club thing is up when we get back.
1: You mean the faculty.
0: Same thing. We'll see you on the other side. It's 1201, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF. Cozy Corner Public Radio.
1: You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. <laughs>
0: if it's on video blockbuster probably has it i mean we have over ten thousand videos wow i'll watch these fast and have them back tomorrow i promise relax at blockbuster you can keep your videos for three evenings so take home plenty and and use our 24-hour quick drop do
1: you have any children's
0: videos sure blockbuster's america's family video store you know we have more kids videos than any place else more movies more nights more fun blockbuster Welcome back to the late night fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Let's get right into it because this is such a fun movie. John Carpenter's The Breakfast Club <laughs> thing, aka <laughs> the faculty, from director Robert Rodriguez. I like
1: your title better. <laughs> I, I like that <laughs> title
0: too. This it, really this really is a fun movie. Uh before we get into it, let's what did you think of the faculty?
1: You nailed it. It is such a fun movie and I can't believe it took me this long to watch it. This was the first time I watched, and mm-hmm. I cannot believe it was because there's so many people I like in it, and the, and the story is so good. I loved it.
0: it. It really is, and it was fun the first time I watched it back in 1998. I think I saw this at the theater. I think I did. and uh, This was during that kind of golden age, the renaissance of horror that Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson gave us with mm-hmm. Scream from 1996 And this comes out in the wake of that. We'll talk about that. There's a little bit that you can feel the influence a little bit. I want to start tonight's discussion a little differently. I don't think that we've ever started here. We have started with first shots. We have started with the score. We've started with uh, uh, performances, stand-up performances. I want to start tonight with something that is not inherently the movie, but is related to the movie. I want to start with the video box for this (laughs) film (laughs) because the box for this movie, because it's not the movie poster, I'm talking about the actual, like the artwork that was on the the home video Uh releases, belongs in a that's so 90s museum. (laughs) It really does. You just have the faces on it and the faces, that style poster that was made Uh, famous or popular by really it was Dimension Studios who gave us Scream and Phantoms and and the Kevin Smith movies (laughs) and I can only imagine the marketing department, let's put some faces on it we just need the faces. Put the faces on it.
1: Everybody needed a face in the 90s. You think about albums, too, like in seeing Backstreet Boys. You needed to see Christina. you like, everybody's right. face had to be on the but, cover.
0: But what I love about this is that the the movie poster tells you absolutely nothing about <laughs> nothing. this movie. You just see faces. There's faces on here.
1: You know, maybe that's why I never really to like went into this movie because I'd see the poster and I would just see faces and then just be like, okay. And yeah. th- then move on.
0: <laughs> and, and it's, it's really a shame because, uh, to this point because this really did in a way kind of change the marketing of movies. If you look at movie posters before this movie posters after it changed and, Movie posters before there was a art to them. There was a real art to them. There's real art to album covers, as you said. Yep. You know, they were part of the whole experience of this. And there's a wonderful podcast. Michael Rosenbaum does a podcast. He recently had uh, Robert England on. You should all check out the Robert England podcast. But he had Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland on. And these are two guys who've been in the trenches for years and years and years now. And both in the Lost Boys, a movie we will be getting to soon here on the show. We keep saying. <laughs> we keep saying it. And uh, it's not up next week. So don't don't worry. We've already got next week picked out. Maybe we'll do it the week after. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe we will. But um, they were talking about what a big deal the, the movie poster was back in the day, you know back in the day before all of the digital stuff where Mm -hmm. it was just so easy no movies were a thing where you had to go to the theater you had to commit and the poster was such a part of that experience and not just for the public but for the actors and the people involved in the movie too you know and uh i am not bringing that up to say one way is better the other no it's just when i saw the artwork it just (laughs) brought me so back it's like because they're all interchangeable. It looks like Scream and Phantoms and all the Kevin Smith movies. It looks yep. like all the movies from that time. But it's like, let's just put some faces on it. Oh, we need some faces. I love it that it doesn't tell you anything about the movie. Not at all. And what I love, too, is that not all the cast members, the main cast members of our little uh, breakfast club, <laughs> are on it. Because one of them always gets subbed out for Usher, who's <laughs> barely in this movie. I know. You know? One of and usually it's uh either Laura Harris or uh, Sean Hattesy will get subbed out for Usher, but Usher's right there, front and center. Front and center on the, yeah, on the, on so the poster. Yeah, so I was
1: expecting him to be one of the main people in this movie because of that poster. <laughs> and no. You
0: he's, know
1: he's in like four scenes. Do
0: like. you do you feel like that uh you went into this movie expecting him to be more involved in it? Did it uh kind of take away? From your enjoyment of of the movie? Yeah. I think we have a lawsuit. We're filing. We're filing. You get Perry Mason on the case. (laughs) Or Ron (laughs) Kuby, Maybe that Dershowitz guy. He'll take that, right? He'll take it. I mean, he worked for OJ. He'll he'll take our case, right? Yeah. (laughs) Baby, we don't have enough in our pot to pay (laughs) Alan Dershowitz (laughs) for that. There was a great joke on the Simpsons years ago, Lionel Hutz, attorney at law who was voiced. He was voiced by the by the late great uh, Phil Hartman. He was a wonderful smarmy clueless guy. Uh, I'm the lawyer that brought the successful lawsuit against the makers of the never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> it ended. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. All right, all right. Enough, enough tomfoolery. The film itself, classic science fiction, right? It feels like a '50s alien invasion movie, doesn't it? It does something like The Blob, something uh, even maybe possibly. Uh, well, not even possibly. No, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It feels like that. Nope. But it also feels like an eighties teen movie, doesn't it? <laughs> it oh, does. the eighties teen movie. The eighties teen movie with all of his angst and drama. John Hughes, we're looking right at you. Let's start with the classic sci-fi bit. What did you think of the classic sci-fi bit? And were you catching like classic sci-fi off of this?
1: Yes, I was. And I really like the sci-fi stuff. I liked the way that it was integrated into the story. It wasn't I don't know, I didn't feel like it was too much of a knockoff of of other movies so much, you know, I yeah. felt like it was kind of its own little thing, but also kind of being appreciative of like what's already, you know, come before. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It, uh, it is a knockoff. It's a knockoff of the thing it for sure. Is. But, but when, uh, <laughs> but. I forget who it was. There was a filmmaker that said when, when knockoff is done successfully, it's called homage. And when it's done yeah. unsuccessfully, it's a yeah. ripoff. This is a really loving homage yeah, to John I, yeah, Carpenter's. I don't think this, this is a rip-off at all. Yeah. And Robert Rodriguez is a huge Carpenter fan and he would definitely rip him off in Planet Terror a few <laughs> years later. That's another one we got to get to. We got the we did Death Proof. On the show, which was one half of the Grindhouse feature. Mm -hmm. And we we do need to do Planet Terror because it's a whole lot of fun, too. (laughs) But uh, this is this was Robert Rodriguez making his John Carpenter movie. And I mean, down to they steal the blood test scene from uh, from that movie, which is if if I'm correct, we were doing those shows right before the world ended in the year that we don't speak about 2020. Uh, We were doing a Carpenter Month and we we need to finish that, too. But uh, we're doing all of his 80s output and then the world ended, you, <laughs> know, you know, the world actually turned into a John Carpenter, <laughs> Carpenter movie. I on feel a, like
1: it still kind of is a John Carpenter movie.
0: It just depends what, where you're at right. in the year. Is it the thing? Because I remember distinctly, I don't know all of you out there listening, uh, I hope you're still listening to us. but. Um, <laughs> if you had the experience when all of this crap started and we are of the opinion that a lot of this is crap, uh, I said it. And, uh, that I remember I looked at faith and I went, it, it all feels like the thing. (laughs) <laughs> like it feels like
1: the we both thing. were like, and now you've like... got
0: people and listen, I'm not making a political statement here, but it does feel like this now with like, are you vaccinated? or Are you not vaccinated? It feels like everything's the blood test scene, you yeah. know?
1: Yes. When I was watching this movie, I was like, wow, this is very, this feels very like right now with a vaccine and like, even like COVID testing the way they, they kept having to test themselves every time they would come back. It was like, yeah. it was like, that's what's yeah. happening right now. And it's c- kind of ridiculous. It it really is It really kind
0: of is and I I, I love that you're bringing it. That great sci-fi is timeless. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you're talking about. And like this is because right. you know, if this was in the eighties, oh, it's AIDS. They're talking about AIDS. Yeah, you know, now now that we're in wherever whatever dimension that we're li- find ourselves living in, it's now go, it's, COVID. it's COVID. It's COVID. They're talking about COVID. I love too that it's like it's like this caffeine drug thing that they're doing. It's not it's not like uh, McCready with the wire. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's the the drug in the pin uh, <laughs> but uh, it uh it, it really it does harken back to the classic sci-fi stuff course, got the yeah. alien invasion they even uh, name drop the classic ones highlands puppet masters mm-hmm. which a lot of people do say is yeah it is the precursor to invasion of the body snatchers and there are some out there oh puppet masters is better than the body snatchers but i i don't know i love them both you know <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's dad was in a pretty good uh, film adaptation of *The Puppet Masters*. It's another one we should get to. Got a lot we should get to. <laughs> I know. Got a lot. We we should we should really start doing more shows. <laughs> we 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 should. So, uh, what did you think of the high school movie element of this? Because it is that to me is what sets apart the faculty from the uh, and. You had the blob back in the fifties, which was a high school, you know, they would, you know, they, they were pandering to teenagers back then too. Um but the for me, the essential component that makes this so it, what it is mm-hmm. is the high school element of
1: right. It. I mean it doesn't bother me necessarily. Um it feels like scream at times, you know. You definitely Yes, doesn't it though? You let's let's get
0: that uh, <laughs> let's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little bit of praise and I'm gonna take one of them back, okay. <laughs> uh, classic themes of alienation, aliens, ooh, alien. But classic themes of teen alienation. I mean, yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. I felt like one of these characters, or all of them, at one point. Oh, you know, yeah. in, in my teen. And she, you remember your teen years, right? When you had it all figured out? Oh yes. Did were you one of those? Did you think you had it all figured out? Eh. <laughs> I didn't think I had it all figured out, but it was a weird. Uh, it was a weird thing. I thought I was smarter than most people, mm-hmm. but I did not have it figured out. Make that work. <laughs> Does it work? I don't, I don't it, know. Though. That's like when Dale Gribble said the government ought to ban itself. Think about that. <laughs> there you go. But classic themes of alienation, but we have aliens mm-hmm. in this. Uh, so they're all working through their uh, psychosis. <laughs> their cath- <laughs> they're working towards their catharsis, all, <laughs> all the... Uh, Our six six (laughs) members of our of our little team here, (laughs) but um, okay. So my biggest knock on this, though, is the Kevin Williamson stuff because it does feel very. uh, You could see the siren going off when you feel the really kind of hip stuff because they brought him in to make it quote unquote hip, Uh you know, and you can feel the scream stuff a little bit and stuff that kind of almost takes you out of it just for a second.
1: Just for a second. Just for a second. That's-
0: and you have the same kind of set. And the setup didn't bother me where, you know, The Scream very famously, you know, had you, you kill someone in the first part. You kill Drew Barrymore. But each succeeding film, they kill someone kind of famous at the beginning. And they kind of kill Bebe Newworth here at the beginning. They kill Lilith from Cheers, who has finally let her hair down. And we're all very excited about that. Oh yeah, some of us in the studio more than others, but um, but you know you get the feeling like boom okay there's a the scream ending beginning I should say, and then you're in off to the races. But for me, the form of it doesn't feel like scream. What right. feels like scream is the content of it, and the content that feels like scream is some of the dialogue, exactly. some of the way. And that to me, it was just kind of glaring. And so my biggest knock on this movie is that it feels very of the time and mm. it could feel very timeless except for some of that. So I'm kind of on the fence with it.
1: I couldn't agree with you more.
0: I'm kind of on the fence with it. And uh-huh. it's not in, it's not that I'm knocking the actors and their delivery of it. And it's really just the stuff with the kids. It's just the yep. stuff with the kids and really, especially the stuff with like Josh Hartnett, you know, and nope. that's not his <laughs> fault. I like, I like, I like old uh, Harrison Ford called him Josh Hotnet <laughs> when they made Hollywood homicide together. By the way, if you have not seen the movie Hollywood Homicide from two thousand three, you, need, you to, need to you need to do that now. Yeah. Don't listen to the reviews, the bad reviews of it. You need to watch that movie now.
1: Yeah. Pause our show, watch the movie, and you can come back later.
0: No, they can finish our show. I, I think.
1: Yeah. We're more important, I guess. Yeah.
0: I don't. I, I think we've earned it. Yeah. I think. I think we've earned it.
1: Yes. Yeah, stick around with us, I guess. Then you can watch it.
0: If you're still with us, moving on <laughs> with the faculty. <laughs> wonder if Harrison Ford saw the faculty. Yeah, I like that kid. Do you think maybe like he was like, yeah, get that, uh, get that hard net kid. But he actually Hot thought he net. was like Elijah Wood. Like he, he was trying to get <laughs> Elijah Wood in the movie. So, anyway, uh, before we get into like the cast, uh, I have a few notes here. Uh, this movie is over 20 years old now, kind of pushing the 25 year mark, which is which is ridiculous because I haven't gotten older. Um, I was 19 when this came out. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, the effects in it are really good. I thought the effects really hold up. What did you think about no, the I effects? think so,
1: too. It doesn't feel like it's, not that that's old, but it does feel like something that's a little, you know, more on the newer side with the effects.
0: Yeah. Also has some great tension in it, too. Mm-hmm. Some really, really great tension. And the last note I have here is the thing that's really scary about this movie is the assimilation nature of it. Because what I found really disconcerting about it is there is the violation aspect of the way you get assimilated, you know, that violation. And you can read whatever you want to in that violation. And then you're part of a, a collective and you have no identity. I think that's just, to me, that's the scariest thing.
1: Which feels so familiar.
0: Doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. A little bit.
1: Which makes it like so much more.
0: Faith, are you insinuating that we need to take some of this uh, uh, Josh Hartnett drug in the pen and maybe have a few people in power take the test? Uh, Yeah. Are you, Faith? I am. I agree, Faith. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I
1: knew you would.
0: (laughs) All right. We have a cast here. We have a pretty good cast, I would say. We have. uh, Mm -hmm. Let's go through our cast of misfits here. Let's see. Uh, do I have them written down? Well, I can do it from memory. Well, we have Usher Raymond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I i said for years, he had that big mega hit with Yeah. I would love I would have loved to have been in the room when they were writing that. <laughs> Cuz really, what do you remember from that track? Yeah. You remember the Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. I could just see it. I could see him with his like cool guy sunglasses on and his and his ball cap and like you know all the hip hop tracks have like nine writers <laughs> right. on them, you know. And um could you imagine being in the room, right? And he's <laughs> and he's there and he's like, uh, "All right, we need a hook." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's an Abbott and Costello bit.
1: What happened was each writer Said yeah, and agree to this, and that's why. Is that what it is? That's probably why. That's probably why there's nine writers.
0: I don't remember us agreeing to do this show. Yeah, mm. we show up every week. I, I don't. I don't understand <laughs> it. All right, let's start. uh Who you want to start with? Which Which student do you want to start with? Usher. Oh, by the way, Usher's in like four <laughs> scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: like what is what is. But
0: that? he's on the poster. <laughs> Uh let's start with Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett, this is his second movie after Halloween H2O. Josh, uh well, he was a heartthrob there for a little while.
1: Mhm. Pearl Harbor.
0: Pearl Harbor, he had that just dreamy just, yeah. that dreamy look. That, that disheveled dreamy look. Not <laughs> not street disheveled like Ethan Hawke. No, no. More like a big tall puppy dog disheveled yeah. look and <laughs> the girls just absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. I myself never got it back in the day. Of course, <laughs> I'm not a girl, but Are you sure? they all seem to love him. Uh, I, I've i always really kind of liked him. He seems like a pretty likable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still doing character work. He's still working.
1: I think he's out of Hollywood, though. I think he's out of that hole. Is he? Yeah, I think he decided that he just didn't want to be a part of that.
0: Isn't that something? Good for him. Maybe. Maybe he gave them the uh, drug test. The, maybe The so. no-dose <laughs> test. Maybe so. Uh, He plays kind of a rebel without a cause, but he's really smart. And that's you know they're always kind of smart, aren't they? What did you think of Josh Hartnett in the faculty as Zeke?
1: I was gonna say let's let's start with his name. Uh,
0: Before we do, what did you think of the way they were all introduced? Because you get their names on the screen, you kind of get a little bit of a defining character bit with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually I like the way that they're introduced. Yeah, I and like that. They all do have a corresponding member of the Breakfast Club. His is Judd Nelson is John Bender. <laughs> so what do you think of Josh?
1: No, I really I really liked him. I felt like, you know okay, he's the drug dealing scientist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love the fact too. I love the fact that there's conveniences with this like with John Stewart playing the biology teacher and Josh Hartnett knows more than he does. I know. Like it's like, oh, you misunderstood genius, you know. <laughs> right. Did, did they call it scat? Is that what they call it?
1: I don't remember.
0: The the, the drug, I think it was called scat, which I don't which remember. is which is street slang for, you know, poop. So poop. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I loved it. I like slacker, dreamy slacker. Who's there's more to him than than you know than meets the eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean Hattissey. Sean Hattissey is another one who uh, you know kind of flirted with superstardom there at this around this time, you know, and he's gone on to some really great adult. I was looking at his his credits. I was really impressed with some of the stuff that he's done. He's done a lot of television work. Been very solid, and uh, he plays our quarterback who's having a a uh, midlife crisis. <laughs> In high school, Uh, what did you think of him as the quarterback having the midlife crisis who wants to be taken seriously? I actually really liked his performance. I
1: actually really liked him, too, because I thought at first he was going to be your typical, like, jock, you know, in the high school movie. But no, I actually actually really liked him a lot, more than I thought I would.
0: And his corresponding Breakfast Club uh, member is Emilio Estevez, so the jock who wants to be taken a little more seriously. I actually really respected his character. Mm -hmm. I I thought that there was a lot of depth to him wanting to be taken seriously for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And I thought he uh, he feels like the character who's having an awakening Mm -hmm. in his life and looking around and going, this isn't what it's what it's all cracked up to be. This isn't what they told me. You know, it, it, it is. And I like that about him because you have somebody waking up and part of the movie is waking up and seeing what's around you, right?
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: do, 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 do. Making her film debut as Delilah is the lovely and talented Jordana Brewster. She has been in 18 of the 65 Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> How many of them are there now, Faith? I don't
1: yeah. know. I think I've seen 10 minutes of one and that was Okay. No offense she to She made her film
0: debut here. She had been on television before. She plays the uh, head cheerleader and the editor of the School of Paper. She's a real go-getter. She's a real go-getter. And, and she
1: was not my favorite.
0: And she's really pretty.
1: She's beautiful. Yeah. Just did, She wasn't supposed just, to be your favorite. Yeah. I didn't yeah. care for
0: <laughs> She She adheres to the social structure, and, uh, and she puts her, her her lovely heel on the foot of Elijah Wood as Casey, <laughs> you know, and keeps him down uh her corresponding breakfast club member would be Molly Ringwald i believe would be the be the one had mm-hmm. yeah you know, cheerleader and you know, kind of princess-type character. I thought she was really good at playing. She
1: was very good the, at the, playing the, it, the, yes.
0: The not-so-nice uh
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, girl. it felt like it came natural to her. She just felt like she was just... It,
0: it did, and I don't think she's like that in No, real life. no, that's not what I meant at all. Yeah, I mean, I, know. I
1: just felt like it wasn't, like, you know, acting. It was just, like, so easy, like, so good nature to her.
0: <laughs> what did you think about the... uh the thing blood uh, test scene with her where they take the uh, drug and she's actually infected. What did you think about that?
1: I, d- I didn't really expect that actually. What did
0: you think about her performance there? Because for me it, it, it was shock and I'd seen the movie. It'd been a while since I've seen the movie. It was shocking to me that, that she, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, Oh yeah. Uh, and, and when it happened, I went, Oh yeah. One of them was infected. You know,
1: I was waiting for it, but I didn't feel like it was gonna be her necessarily. Yeah.
0: And, uh, Part of the fun of that scene is actually the way she plays it. Mm-hmm. I think she she played it really, really well.
1: Next, no, I do too.
0: next as Stokely. Stokely is the member of the group. Uh, well, she's uh, she would be Ally Sheedy in the Breakfast Club. Stokely is our uh, resident standoffish girl, uh, misunderstood. We call her a Goth. Maybe. Maybe. She wears her suit of armor. Her suit of armor is She's
1: the emo kid.
0: Emo, there you go. Her suit of armor is a lot of black clothes, black eyeliner. Don't want anybody looking at her. Yeah. Doesn't want anybody looking at her. She's played by Clea Duvall and she knows science fiction. It's kind of fun that you have somebody who kind of knows the, the genre, <laughs> you know, which is kind of a lot of fun. Because mm-hmm. they are limited because they're high schoolers, even though uh, Josh Hotnet can uh, <laughs> look under the microscope and figure out other oh, parasite. I love that you know he's like he has that much acumen. You know it's like I know what to do. We're gonna we're gonna put him under the microscope, and he, she knows the classic sci-fi tropes. So that's
1: can we mention too? Like, didn't he fail his senior year? And he's like a second year senior, and he's like the super smart scientist. Yeah, kid well, he's like? there to
0: make money. He's, <laughs> yeah, uh, Clea Duvall plays Stokely or Stokes, as she is called throughout the movie. Um.
1: She was one of my favorites.
0: She, she, she was really good, isn't mm-hmm. she? I she's like her a lot. really wonderful in this movie. Uh, she has gone on to direct and uh, she's done character work and she's directing. And I really liked her in this movie. If you were there for the 90s, she actually very much feels like a, a teenager, a teenage girl yeah, and from 90s the 90s. Emo she girl. really does. <laughs> uh, I knew a few of them. I still know. A few of them, and and she she really yeah 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 it, down to the haircut too mm-hmm. like like uh, a friend of mine had that mm-hmm. had that same kind of look about her and uh, no she gives a really really good performance it's probably the most multi layered performance mm-hmm. because uh, she has the big arc kind of coming out of her shell a little bit but I've, what I like about her coming out of her shell is I don't feel like the movie demeans her I don't feel like you know the way she opens up right you know throughout the movie right so and uh,
1: i like her transformation that she's wearing lavender at the end she's just like completely different (laughs) right
0: yeah but at least it's like a cool color you know lavender is a great color it's not like pink it's not like that she's a sellout no she's wearing lavender lavender glow of love she's so that's an impractical joker she's doing it she's doing it her way yeah she's doing it her way because stokely only knows how to do it her way
1: I'd pick lavender it's a great color it's,
0: it's like one my of favorite my favorites. color <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites i love it. i love the smell i love the color yes. i love i love it all and uh, our final human member of the group spoilers uh elijah wood as casey and he is uh, a lot of how we see this movie Mm -hmm. we see the movie through his eyes he is a photographer for the school paper he's put upon by delilah he's put upon by most everyone one of my favorite scenes in the movie although it hurts is when they are racking his balls against the flagpole (laughs) it's uh it's awful and terrible but it makes me giggle what do you think of elijah wood (laughs) elijah wood is a guy that i've never really warmed to As a performer, but I really, really like him. We have a nice uh, trivia bit here. Harry Knowles, the guy who started the Ain't It Cool News uh, website, is in the movie as one of the faculty. He's the big guy with the red hair. He heard during the filming of this that they were making Lord of the Rings, and he told Elijah Wood that he should go out for Frodo. So, Okay. He owes a little bit to Harry for helping him become part of movie history. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but he really is the most sympathetic character, mm-hmm. I believe. His uh, Breakfast Club uh, uh, counterpart is Anthony Michael Hall. So he's the geek. He's and the yeah, geek I, the group.
1: I'm with you. I never really warmed to him for some reason, but... I absolutely love him here. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's Mm -hmm. really good, isn't he? He's really great.
0: He's really great. Uh, They're all really great. Mm -hmm. And part of the fun of this movie is when you finally get them all together. And I I love when they're all together because they're so mismatched. (laughs) Oh, yes. They really are. (laughs) We have one more member of the teenagers. Uh, That is Laura Harris playing Mary Beth, I believe is her name. Uh, She's the big son of Atlanta. She's the big some bitch and murder an alien. She uh her home planet died or something and she came here in the water been, they like water and all this. They don't like salt and caffeine pills. Uh, so she is in disguise for this movie. And uh did you did you know it was her?
1: I have like this feeling. I mean, obviously she's something the outsider. was oh, yeah, like here's this new person and something's weird, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a really good performance. Mm-hmm. It's a really good. Perform- she's she's playing a lot of levels. With oh it yeah. Uh, so what did you think of the creature? Creatures, I should Creatures.
1: say. <laughs> they're pretty creepy looking. They
0: really were, weren't they? Yeah. I I like the 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 way the, coming out the face. Those little tendrils coming out the face. Yes. I thought they were the uh, the water thing. Yeah, I like I the love-
1: water. I like the way you put them in there, and they just kind of yeah. You know uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Way they would uh, open up. There you go. <laughs> my you brain
1: go. couldn't even get the word open there out. You
0: know. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. It's really, it's really, it's really cool. Um, but uh, I thought she was great. One of my favorite scenes with her is when she's uh in when she kind of comes out of the uh the, the costume, you know, her, her the skies mm-hmm. and uh she's walking around and and she got in the pool and man, that thing in the pool, that was a great shot. When oh, it was like, yes. when was like doing the jaws thing yes. <laughs> kind of reminded me of predator in a way too. When mm-hmm. it's like just going in that uh, pool, but she's walking around in the nude. But what I love about that scene is the way it's shot in the shadows and the shadows that are coming up on the wall are the, like the, the alien shot. You got this beautiful blonde person walking, but the shadows you're seeing are the, uh, you know, or the alien creature. I
1: don't know why that just made me think of Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Shallow Hal.
0: The shadow. <laughs> Do you remember the movie yeah, that movie yeah. where
1: she's he's seen her as a skinny, but oh, like yeah. all her shadows or whatever. Yeah, big. yeah. I don't know why it made me think of that? But yeah.
0: Now I gotta watch that again. I haven't seen that. I anymore. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. All. Robert Downey Jr. and Jack Black are maybe the only two people who can make her palatable.
1: <laughs> maybe. Goop. Goop.
0: Poop. Runs poop. <laughs> all right so there you go we have the kids we have a really good adult cast here mm-hmm. and uh i want to make a note about this adult cast salma hayek plays the school nurse salma hayek and robert rodriguez they go all the way back to desperado so here's the deal in desperado you can see salma hayek naked mm-hmm. you can you can mm-hmm. you can see your to your top <laughs> they're today's yeah and from Dust Till Dawn, she's in a really nice, like, bikini thing, mm-hmm. dancing with, like, a feather headdress and a big snake. And uh, what was her name in that? She had a great name. I can't oh, remember the I name. Don't remember. I cannot remember. cannot remember the name. But uh, she had that wonderful, great little scene, you know, that, that uh, one scene that she's in. It's one of the things people remember uh-huh. from the movie. It's hard not to. So she went from being naked <laughs> to wearing a nice red velvet bikini here he has her all <laughs> frumped up i love it like i absolutely love and i wonder if that was a joke like because he had her <laughs> so make- scrubs. Now she's no in- makeup no makeup the big glasses you know
1: <laughs> sick with her hair in a bun like, yeah completely opposite
0: <laughs> and she's not in the movie much i Which love is that kind she's kind of a bummer i love that she's in it mm-hmm. though and yeah. she's really funny She <laughs> yes She's really funny. Um we have uh some other great actors here. We do have a Terminator Robert Patrick from Terminator 2. He's he pl- amazing. He really is. Uh they spoof that character in the Not Another Teen Movie film quite quite great. Mm-hmm. It's it's really funny. <laughs> uh why is it that these coaches in these movies take take things so seriously, right? Right. <laughs> He's menacing, that dude that dude is such a good actor. I so know. you don't want to talk about underrated. I Robert know. Patrick is underrated and he's done great work and a lot of different stuff. And listen, the guy's doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, no, but he's so good and menacing. I always appreciate an actor who can play menacing. Oh yeah. Well, and they're always nice people. And he I seems was, like I he's a great, say. he seems like a great dude. If you hear him talk, he goes to like all the cons and stuff. He'll sit there and tell you about Terminator, you know? And, yeah. and he's so great. And uh, he plays menacing so well.
1: That's what's so great. Like you said, he he seems like such a such a decent human. And so when you see him playing that kind of role, it's right. even
0: cooler. <laughs> right. Horror movie icon for Terminator Two. Uh, we have another horror movie icon, and Piper Laurie, Academy Award nominee, Piper Laurie playing the uh, drama club teacher. And my God, she's another one. All the adults in this movie are ab- absolutely wonderful. I know. And I love her. I love the kind of blank look she and Robert Patrick have. You know, yes. I-, I love it. I love the um, the way these aliens commiserate just looks and things like mm-hmm. that. And I love the way that the looks play off and you have Stokely seeing it. And so I felt like this in my own waking life with... Seeing things that other people maybe aren't seen, mm-hmm. maybe don't want to admit that they're seen. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Seriously, we do have world leaders that need to take the, the, the test. I
1: thought you were going to say like the... pen the, test. The,
0: the, the pen test yeah. here. They need to take the test. Uh, I'm ready for it. We have B.B. New Earth, the lovely B.B. New Earth, uh, Lilith Crane, letting her hair down finally. Yes. Uh, Jillian Anderson was originally slated to play that and they, something happened. They couldn't I get don't it. don't know if nah. I could have seen that. It needs that. to be BB It has to be. It has to be BB Newworth
1: The, vo- like her voice or something, like, I don't know. And, she just.
0: And the way that she plays when she's infected and, and is messing with Elijah Wood is amazing. <laughs> she's absolutely great. Uh, Jon Stewart is in it. Jon Stewart is before he hosted Daily Show. He was still a comedian trying to be a movie star at this time. And he's really great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like we're, are we missing one? Are we missing a uh, faculty member? Famke Jansen. We can't talk about the movie. Famke, Famke. Duh. (laughs) My gosh, I love Famke Jansen in this. She goes from really put upon and, and, and <laughs> pent up to just that scene where she tells off Zeke.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: And you have the uh, real homage with uh, her head when it comes off to the thing. <laughs> yes. And I read that she still hasn't seen this movie because she she's she was nervous about what happened to her character. She didn't want to see what happened to her character. But she's, oh, wow. she survives, you know, because they kill the... Uh, Oh, sorry. They killed Is that the aliens contacting it, it us right is. now? They're
1: calling us right now. Is that what it is? They're calling us up to their mothership from
0: Bibblebrock? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she made it. She was wearing a little scarf at the end, but she she made it. <laughs> she made it. She was really good in this. She's good. She's another one that's really good. I think she she's a little is. underrated. So we had a Terminator, a Bond girl, and the bodaciousness that is Salma Hayek. <clears throat> I'm all about the Salma Hayek.
1: Me too. I love Salma. So
0: I think this is just a really fun story of alienation and Mm -hmm. conspiracy and and all that stuff. Uh, What do you think about the end? Because the characters all end up, you know, they don't end up with who you think they're going to end up.
1: Right. Yeah. I think I expected.
0: Josh Hartnett, for some reason, ended up with Usher (laughs) on the football team. I don't know. So now he's a joiner, I guess. I don't know. And why is he on the football team? I don't
1: know. I was wondering that, too. I, was like, I don't huh. know.
0: That, that's the only thing to me. I was like, really? Like, nothing makes it like I know Sean Hattissey and uh, Clea Duvall getting together made made sense. Right. You see that happening throughout the movie. Yep. That was a great scene too. That you were you were alluding to it with the the, the testing. They have to test each other. You know, coming back. He Sean is really good in this movie. The way he played when he's uh, infected is mm-hmm. really really. Uh, they're all really good. And uh, Elijah Wood and Jordana Brewster getting together. Like you kind of see that coming. You right. know. And then Josh Hartnett and Usher <laughs> end up together. Yeah. 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 So.
1: I'm not sure what that was about. I'm still, I'm like racking my brain like,
0: hmm. Yeah, I just, I was like, oh, he's a joiner now. Han Solo doesn't join up, does he? He's kind of the Han Solo character, Yeah,
1: isn't he? It's very interesting.
0: Yeah, it it really is. But um, those poor people in Ohio. <laughs> Alien invasions. <laughs> poor, poor people. Freddy Krueger. It's a fun movie.
1: It really is. I like it. It really I is. Like Good it. pick.
0: It's a movie that really kind of is a sign of our times in a lot of ways, isn't it? It is. It's a shame. <laughs> we had some really great sci-fi in the 90s. We really did. We had, uh, some people might not say it's great sci-fi, but we had Independence Day, uh, which was a lot of goofy fun. We yeah. had um, uh, The X-Files. Mm-hmm. We had stuff like this. I mean, we had we had some fun sci-fi. and We had that nice horror renaissance. Um does it does this feel like a scream ripoff to you? Because like I said, the form doesn't it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a horror movie, right? I w-
1: no, I mean I wouldn't say it's a scream ripoff. I feel like there are aspects of scream, like you said earlier, young the, cast, with dialogue, dialogue, stuff. dialogue and, yeah. But no, not, not I think it's more of a thing that you yeah. know it's not a ripoff. Yeah.
0: Of it's it's just, it is John Carpenter's The Breakfast Club <laughs> thing, and and I, I really like. I I kind of wish we had gotten another one of these. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot of fun to see another one of these.
1: Kind of see where it went off to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool. I think it it would have been cool, too. Yeah.
0: Well, we are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am fake. And we will see you on the other side.
1: a $3 billion grant from the government, researchers at the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff have conducted an almost year-long study in an effort to determine which Selma Hayek movie is the best Selma Hayek movie. Their final answer? All of the movies she's in because she's, quote, one really hot babe, end quote. While we here at The Late Night Fright disagree with the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff, Getting that much money from the government to find an answer to what is essentially a no-brainer question, we wholeheartedly agree with their findings.
0: In intergalactic and Sesame Street news, it seems that the long-delayed project between everyone's two favorite furry stars is finally a go. Chewbacca and Cookie Monster have agreed to star in the movie Wookie Cookies, a space adventure about the quest to find the perfect cookie. Chewbacca has demanded that no Ewoks appear in the picture, and Cookie Monster held out in an effort to get his good friend Abby Cadabby cast in the movie. She will indeed be showing up. About her, Cookie Monster said, quote, She's so pretty and delightful and make great addition to already great cast, unquote. Of the casting, Chewbacca said, quote, her! End quote. Wookie Cookies is set to hit cinemas later this year.
1: This year marks the 44th anniversary of the release of George Lucas's original Star Wars movie. It is the opinion of this journalist that some of you people have made way too much out of a goofy little enjoyable movie. You're taking a world with a gigantic space dog teddy bear thing and a guy in an iron lung way too seriously.
0: Well, okay, Faith. Uh, We're getting an update on the Salma Hayek situation from the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff. They are now saying that every movie, including Star Wars, would be better if Salma Hayek was in it.
1: And who are we to disagree? And that is the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show.
0: back to the late night fright right here on wkmf cozy corner public radio i am dan and i am faith and we have our final scores uh what are we giving this tonight did we did we say what we're
1: we did say we said we were giving this i don't remember
0: (laughs) i don't remember either let me look we've had so much fun tonight let
1: me go back and see if i can remember what we said we were giving
0: i i don't know this is this is what you get for being prepared let's see wow space invaders okay we're giving it space invaders faith how many space invaders did you give the faculty
1: i gave it three and a half
0: i also gave it three and a half and it's the most solid three and a half i think i've ever awarded on the show it's just it's like that's what you are faculty you're a three and a half
1: and it's probably the same reason that we both gave it what's your reason
0: uh the things i said the the actually the kevin williamson influence on it is exactly. why i took it away because i feel like it's so solid and could have stood on its own two feet without exactly without know,
1: putting those little aspects the little
0: up. It, it, and, it, they're and it's
1: very subtle they're very small and, and but it's you enough them. it's
0: enough that you notice them that's my problem is that them. you notice them yep. you don't notice it with screen because the world is constructed that way this it doesn't feel like it fits it right. doesn't belong there right. could you imagine this movie I'm just this just came to me if John Hughes had done a polish on this with the dialogue with the teenagers that would have been something because yeah. the John Hughes dialogue with the teenagers still feels very relevant I watched mm-hmm. The breakfast club recently within the past uh four or five months and it was amazing how well that dialogue still hits almost 40 years after the fact yeah. and this it's like very kind of of the time mm-hmm. you know very hip yep. and, yeah and they brought him in to make it hip yep. yeah and hey he got paid it's fine he's right. got a style i'm not taking anything away from that but uh, at the end of the day it did take me out of the movie a little bit it felt very everything else is very solid though yep. with this so. Completely agree because I do know that the beats and the story structure was all there beforehand in mm-hmm. the original uh, story and script yeah so it's a great movie though it's a lot of fun oh yeah a lot of fun and and it's an entertaining watch on top of it, it really I don't is. think we hit that enough earlier in our discussion. It's, it's fun to watch this movie. It's it is, I really never
1: felt fun. like I zoned out or got bored or you yeah. know, was ready for it to end necessarily. I really enjoyed it.
0: Faith and I are feeling very sci-fi right now. And uh, we're gonna go into the sci-fi horror realm once more. We are going back to 1988. We have a remake of a movie. We have the Chuck Russell, he's the director of A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. He also directed The Mask. Well, in 1988, he and Frank Darabont, Frank Darabont helped write Dream Warriors. He also wrote and directed The Shawshank Redemption. It's become an American classic. We have their remake of the 50s teen sci-fi flick, The Blob. We've got Kevin Dillon in this movie. He's familiar to audiences for his role in Entourage. We have Shawnee Smith, familiar to horror audiences for her role in the Saw franchise. We have one of our favorites. The Academy Award-nominated Candy Clark is in this movie. Oh, yes. She was in American Graffiti. If you haven't seen American Graffiti, I highly recommend that you see American Graffiti. She's excellent in it. It was a wonderful cast. The cast included Ron Howard and Richard Dreyfuss. She's the one that got the Oscar nomination for that movie. And she is so fun <laughs> in that. And she's fun and amazing in everything that she's in. We love her. We, Faith oh, yes. and I... We, re- we-, we have a thing for Candy Clark. So we're going to finally do a Candy Clark movie got to. here on the show.
1: This is she- also I feel like the first movie that's really like, described how I feel most days. Like a blob? Like a blob. <laughs>
0: that's a win-win, Faith. It's a win-win. That's a win-win. It's got to
1: feel like a blob sometimes, you know?
0: I know I have. Hey, if you felt like a blob, reach out to us at (laughs) late podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for letting us drone on in your ears for about an hour. It is a privilege and a pleasure to do this show. We enjoy doing it, and we enjoy uh, talking about these movies with you. We enjoy having a good time. We hope you have a good time listening to the show. And we thank you all for tuning in. Seriously, watch a movie with a friend. These times that we find ourselves living in, they're a little strange. They're a little strange. A lot strange. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay sane, stay safe. Take your vitamins. In the words of the late great Don Cornelius who hosted Soul Train for so many years, be good to yourself and to your neighbor. There's more of us than there are of them. We win by staying together, sticking together, being cool, loving one another. Being in the day, that's what it's really about. Yep. Loving one another. Stick together though Because if you don't stick together The aliens might pick you off <laughs> One by like... one <laughs> There you go The Blob is up next The 1988 version of The Blob Not the, not the 50s film We'll get to that at a later date And we're going to get to The Lost Boys At a later date too We keep hinting at it and Maybe in two weeks Who knows We'll we'll have a staff meeting And we'll let you know Thank you all seriously for tuning in It really means a lot to us here And we are so glad to do this show We're going to keep doing the show Sounds good, doesn't
1: it?
0: Sounds wonderful. Sounds good. It feels like a set time, doesn't it? It does. All right. On the count of three, will the magic happen? Will the music start? Are you ready, fans? One, two, three. As always, not editing. It's magic. Magic. Magic There's magic. There's magic in the air. Yes. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all again for tuning in. 1988's The Blob up next faith take us home
1: may your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm
0: may the light of the moon keep you safe from harm
1: be you vampire spook specter or beast always
0: remember keep Keep your your monster monster on on a leash. leash we'll see you on the other side